to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We continue with the keys to the kingdom, and the key we are looking at this week is patience. And, you know, we spoke the last couple of days talking about patience and the many layers there are of patience. Um, we have to be patient with each other. We have to be patient when we're in different situations. We have to be patient with our own life. And how God is working in our life. And, you know, we used the example the other day of remodeling your house. And anybody who's ever remodeled their house knows exactly what we're talking about. In the middle of the process, you're kind of wondering why why you bothered to do it or why you were crazy enough to do it. Mm-hmm. And then when you're done, then you look and you say, man, that was probably the best thing we ever did. Because look, at it really turned out. And it's so much nicer than it was before. And, you know, I was thinking about this. Last night, that's kind of how our life is. When God, sometimes God needs to remodel our life. You know, you talk about uprooting all those, uh, the things that are in our life that aren't right and that, that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Sometimes that process is almost like a remodel job. Well, it is. It's and, a renewing. <laughs> and so, so we're being remodeled. Well, in the midst of that remodeling project, even get, in our life, whether it's our house or our life, it can get dirty. Yeah, we're wondering, wow, this is you know, I get a little uh, dusty around I'm there. Not, huh? not thrilled with this process here, but then once it's over and the remodeling is done, and God has has changed us the way He wants to, then we realize, wow, that was really good, and that was for my benefit, and I am really happy that it has happened, and so. We have to be patient in that. The same way when we're remodeling our house, we need to be patient. We need to be patient as God is working on us, as God is changing us, as he is remodeling us, so to speak. Then we need to be patient in that process also to realize that, yes, right now it's not maybe the the best thing that I I would have hoped for. Um, This tribulation I'm going through wasn't something that maybe I would have sat down and said, man, I sure hope this happens to me, but that once it's done— we realized that it was strictly all for our good, and that's why, as the scriptures we've been looking at the last couple of days, Romans 12, 12, where he says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. He tells us to be patient in affliction, because as God is using those afflictions, as he's using those tribulations to make us complete, to make us perfect, to make us better, we need to be patient in it. And then in James chapter 5, beginning of verse 7, we looked at that the last couple of days. He says, Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. 
See how the farmer waits for the land to yield his valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. And so here in just these short verses, he, from verse 7 to 9, he tells us three different times to be patient. We want things now, as we talked about, this is a world in which we live that we want everything to be done immediately. We stick it in the microwave, we want it done. We can't even wait for the microwave hardly anymore, so we want to get something that's already packaged, already done, go to the drive up, whatever, so we don't even have to wait to cook it at all. It's already there, but he tells us three different times here, be patient, be patient, be patient, just as the farmer is patient. He he plants his crop. He waits for the rain. He waits for the sun to do its work. And then eventually there is a harvest. That is a picture of our life. As God works in our life, eventually there will be a harvest. Amen. And I was just thinking about you used the example uh, of home renovation. And as you were speaking of that, and this is still in align with a home, I remember buying my first house. And that was a process. And because... It was something new to me I wasn't familiar with, and it seemed strange, and it seemed hard. It seemed tedious. It, it was just a lot of paperwork. A lot of paperwork, just a lot of learning about title companies, realtors, inspections, pest inspection, roof inspection, whole house inspections. I'm like, wow, this is a whole lot for a novice. It was a whole lot. But guess what? After that whole process, again, the process was done, and I got to exhale about a week or two after the process was over. I was like, that wasn't hard at all. It wasn't that bad. And from that, I began to study and learn from my experience. And I, I kept going back into escrow every three months because I started investing in real estate. It made it real easy. And then I heard somebody say, fate does come by hearing. I heard somebody say, once you buy your first property, the other ones just come easier. And that was true in, in my case. But that first property, man, it just seemed scary. I, I didn't know what to expect. And But once we got through the process, the home buying process and all that came with it, and look back on it, it was really, it wasn't as hard as we imagined. We got through it. See, and that's just the way any process of anything that we're going yeah, through. Yeah, it's anything. Whether it's your home remodel or whatever it is, mm -hmm. during the process, yeah, this isn't that much fun. Well, and, and that's where we got to keep the faith at, is in the process. That's why we got to that's where we got to yield to God. And again, back to the example, he says, "I'm the potter, you're the clay. Just stay in my hands through the process. I'm going to mold you into what you I designed you to be." or predestined you to be. And we know what the scriptures say. He predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. That's over in Romans. But I, these are some confessions I always make, and they're scriptural too, concerning letting patient ha patience or endurance have, have his perfect work. The scripture says, I believe this is in Philippians, he who began, and Paul said this, and we know Paul had a rocky road behind him, but Paul wasn't looking at his past. He was looking at, he put it all aside. Right, right. He was looking at where God, how God was using him, what God was doing in and through him. And he declared this, he who began a good work in me will complete it. So he's saying basically what God started in me, he's going to complete it. Now that has to be our mindset too, too, because we belong to Jesus now. He's our Lord and Savior. He's our owner. Uh-oh, he's the owner of the house. So he who began a good renovation in you, 
because we're being re renovated, transformed, and conformed into his image. He's like, he will complete it. So that's got to be part of your confession as you're going through the process. You got to still declare what God said. Because remember, his word does not return void. It accomplished what he sent it out. So he said, he who began a good work in me will complete it. There's another scripture, I believe it's in Philippians 2, and I believe Paul said this. He, referring to God, Jesus, is faithful to keep that which I've committed to him. We've committed ourselves to the Lord when we receive his son. We've committed ourselves to God when we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And the scripture says he is able or faithful to keep that which we've committed unto him. Meaning God said, you stick to me, I'm going to get you to what you're supposed to look like. I'm going to get you to your wealthy place. I'm going to get you to your destination. And then another favorite of mine, he said, lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and run with endurance. Another Hebrews. word for endurance is patience. The, the uh, Run with endurance. The Jesus, uh, I just had a loss for words. Run, the race. Uh, run with endurance. The race that was set before us looking unto Jesus, which represents the word of God, the author and the finisher of our faith. So he who began a good work in you will complete. You just got to stay connected to him. Like Jesus said in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. Unless you continue to abide in me and stay connected to me, you will produce. He said, but if you if you disconnect from me and disconnected from Jesus, it's just like disconnecting from the word of God. He says, you're not going to produce anything. And I always use the example, if you take a branch off of a tree, cut it off, break it off, and just lay it on the side of the tree, that branch is not going to produce anything unless it stays connected to the tree. And Jesus said, as you're going through your process, be patient, stay connected to me because I promise you, because I'm the true vine, and all the nutrients comes out of the vine. <laughs> it comes out of the vine, the, and the branch just holds the fruit. And, and we're the branches. We're the branch. We're branches off of Jesus. We're the body of Christ. So we have to stay connected to Him in the process. And yesterday we were talking about how Joseph still stayed connected to God and to the anointing that was placed on his life, even through the process from the pit to the palace. And that middle part of the process, he still operated in the anointing. He still walked in integrity. He still used the gift, even in he when he was incarcerated. He was the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker that came in there. He still ministered to him. And it was through that that got word to the new Pharaoh about his gift. Because Pharaoh had a dream and he needed some interpretation of his nightmares. And the guy said, well, remember, King Pharaoh, when you incarcerated me, remember that? Yeah, there was a young man down there. He told me that I was going to get restored and be back to you, and he can interpret dreams. And Pharaoh said, well, well, bring him on up here then. I need to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy I'm looking for. Yeah, that's the guy I'm looking for. But but Joseph still operated in the anointing. He still went through the process, even incarcerated for a crime that he didn't commit. He was falsely accused of sexual harassment. That means... Like Jesus said, in this world, you will suffer. Actually, I think he was falsely accused of attempted rape. Yeah, that's for sexual assault. <laughs> sexual, yeah, sexual assault, uh, sexual harassment, same thing, rape. Yeah, but so you're going to, as Christians, we're going to get falsely accused of things. But that don't mean you cast away your confidence in God. You continue in the process. Because God, that's not... God knew all that stuff was going to happen to yeah, Joseph. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't like surprised. Oh, man, you missed me. I didn't know your brothers was going to do that, man. Right. God knows the. That's why they call them 
Jehovah, what's the name? That he's he's all knowing. He's he's he knows the end from the beginning. Yeah, he knows the end from the beginning. He's all knowing. He's omniscient. He's forever present. So you know, and and just real quick, I want to go ahead. Just because somebody's accused doesn't mean they're guilty. You know, you're talking there about Joseph. In our country, for some reason now, rather than being innocent until proven guilty, we hear somebody was accused and we just automatically assume well, they're guilty. Especially just us, because you're accused doesn't mean that you're guilty. Especially for Christians, because the scripture says we have an adversary called the devil. He's also called the accuser of the brethren. Well, Joseph had an accuser, which was Potiphar's wife. What what? Is what she accused her. Right, then the devil uses people. So he used he used her to accuse him of something he didn't do. And he still does the same thing today. He hasn't changed his tactics, but that's why the scripture tells us don't be conformed to this world. Meaning, don't you believe everything the world's trying to tell you. Yeah, don't believe, you believe everything you hear. Just because someone's right, accused doesn't mean they're Right. Dead. You believe the word of God. So if the word of God says all who desire to live godly, Joseph, will suffer persecution. He said, if they hated me, Jesus said that, and he's our Lord and Savior. We're part of his body. He said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. See, he said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. And what happens to believers isn't always you're accused of some terrible crime. It's the gossip, the innuendo, the rumor, and people hear it. Oh, that must be true, or else it wouldn't be out there. And Man. so just because you hear some gossip about somebody doesn't mean that you should believe it. Just because you hear a rumor about people doesn't mean you should believe it. And this particularly for Christians, you know, because even as Christians, it's almost as if we're so gullible or something that if we hear it, it must be true. You see it on the Internet. It must, must be, be true. true. You hear it in the news. It must be well, true. Well, you know what? That's because you have not been transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've been conformed to this world because that world system has influenced you to believe gossip, rumors, what they say instead of what the word says. If you're a Christian and you're, the Bible says, if anyone suffers or endures affliction as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in the matter. And part of the glorifying God is acknowledging God. What did God say? Well, he says, count it all joy when you go through various trials and tribulations, knowing that it's a testing of your faith. Back to Joseph. That was just Part of that process was the testing of his fate. Are you going to stay true to your God? And he did that by turning down Potiphar's wife because she came to him several times to the fact he had to run up out of his coat. Well, you know, and I, said, <laughs> I think we talked the other day about there's nothing in Scripture that tells you she was some ugly one that he was, you know, of course he wouldn't want. Well, the Pharaoh her. wouldn't have an ugly girl hanging around there. Come on now. Let's keep it real. Yeah, but uh, but that still happens today. And that's why, again, you got to let patience have its, and I like what it says in Proverbs, it refers to patience as her. Let patience have her perfect work. I think that's why women are a little more patient than men are. He refers to patience as a her, and I believe that's Psalms of Proverbs. So he said, let it, let it have its perfect work, that you may be complete, lacking nothing. And you have to go through that. Patience is a process. You have to, you have to wait on it. I know we want everything microwave. We want it quicker than white microwave. No. <laughs> yeah, we want to just but, open but the package you, now. You got to wait, just like that farmer. We refer to the scripture over in James. The farmer waits for the harvest. He doesn't rush the harvest. Well, I guess some of them do with all that miracle grow. But anyway, all things being equal, <laughs> we got all these chemicals now. They rush the harvest. They inflating the food and all that. But anyway, all things being equal. <laughs> 
You know, the farmer waits patiently for the harvest, and that's what he tells us. Well, I'm going to say that they can't do that with pregnancy now. You can't rush the pregnancy. It's nine months or more. You know, that's, you know, just another medical reason. But other than that, it's going to be nine months. We They, they tell a the woman it's going to be nine months. They don't say, yeah, in two months you'll be having a baby. Come back. But I want mine in one month. No, it ain't going to happen. And, and even in that, there's a process, and some of that is uncomfortable for the woman. You know, a woman in, you know, where we live here in Northern California in the summertime, it can be 110 degrees, 105, 110. That's really hot, but there's a lot of days where it's 100. And if you're like eight months pregnant, my wife gave birth in July 9th, on July 10th to our second daughter. So she went through a lot of the summer very pregnant. And when you're very pregnant and it's over 100, the comfort level is not very well, high. Well, just before I came to the studio, I just encountered a sister in Christ at the cleaners. She was, obviously, she's nine months pregnant because I asked her when she's due. She said, in two weeks. And she was like, I can't wait to this thing to be over because, and my husband too, because I'm sleeping with the window open at night. I'm having flashes and everything. But she's at that nine months period. She's eagerly awaiting the harvest now. Right. She's she didn't persevere. Everybody knows it's not going to last. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to last. And and when it happens, she's going to have joy exceedingly. Right. When that baby finally comes out, it'll be joyful. And that's what that's the mindset we have to have as Christians as we're enduring or having patience through a process. You have to have a picture of the end. I bet you when you were doing that remodel, you had to always remind yourself what the end is going to look like. Right. That look probably kept you motivated. Right, and then you have a plan. You yeah. have a picture before you ever start. Well, there you go, right there. And that's what—that's why the Bible says, "Write the vision, make it plain, that those who read it may run with it." See, you got to have a picture. Has a plan before he starts the remodel. Project. Right, 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 right. He—that's why he says, "He who began a good work in you will complete it." Right. He knows the plan. He, he knows what he's doing. That's why, and that's why he told Paul and gave Paul the revelation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Paul had to get a revelation of that because Paul had a rocky road behind him. He killed Christians for sport, women and children. And then God called him to preach the gospel. He couldn't go, he, and he had to go through a process of transformation. He had to realize that he was a new creation in Christ. Old things were past. Behold, all things have become new. He wasn't the old Saul. God changes your name too. He was now Paul, actually the apostle Paul. And we all seem to forget about biblical stories Paul was a murderer, a terrorist. That's what he did. He terrorized the church. Right. Because Jesus said it on that Damascus road. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right. Paul said, Lord, he knew who that voice was. When when the Lord tells Ananias that Paul's going to come to him, and Ananias is like, "Uh, wait a minute. minute. I think you're sending the wrong guy, Lord. You know what this guy does? (laughs) Well, Well, he knows all. Yes, he knows. He knows that work that he's about to begin in him is going to be completed. He knew what... Paul or Saul was going to be before the foundations of the world. And we got to stop belittling God and seem, making it seem like God's old and see now and forgetful and don't know everything. We like to think we know more than God. Oh, yeah. And wow. we don't. Even yeah, Christians. Yeah, yeah. Right. We like to think we know more than God. And God's like. We know what's best. Remember Moses did that uh, when uh, God let the children of Israel out in the wilderness and uh, they wanted some meat. And Moses say, well, how, how are you going to sacrifice all the, the birds on the earth to feed these people? And God's like, okay, Moses, what do you think I am? He said, and God made this declaration, is anything too hard for the Lord? Right. 
And that's what got to be in your mind, too. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer is no. Nothing is too hard. Only one thing's impossible for God to do, and that's to lie. He cannot lie. His word is the truth. And not but the truth, so help us God. And we gotta, we just got to know that. He says his word endures forever. So if he tells us, use these principles of the kingdom, and he gives us all these principles or these keys, and, and again, they're God's commands with promises. They're promises. You do this, you're going to get this. And we know that in the natural. You plant apple seeds, you're going to get apples. It might take a while, Richard, like those... What you plant in your backyard? Cherry, no, cherry tree. You planted cherry seeds. And you know what's incredible? Every year it's cherries that come out on it. You don't, have to, plant, you don't have to plant no more. I, I plant, <laughs> but I mean, I planted a cherry tree, and lo and behold, cherries come out on that tree. That's why the scripture said God you is You plant not, an apple tree, guess what you get? You get an apple tree. God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. Right. You sow apple seeds, you get apple seeds. So you sow peace, you sow kindness, you sow joy. Well, and here's the simple thing. The scriptures, the word of God is referred to in Luke as seed. Well, if you sow this seed in the good ground of your heart, you're going to get that. We went, referred to that scripture in 1 Thessalonians. The word that you receive, or you could put it like this, the seed that you receive, you receive it as from God and not from man, which works effectively in those who believe. You take the word of God with your seed and plant it in your heart with some faith, it, it'll grow up. And I'm reminded of the children of Israel in Hebrews where it referenced them. It says the word that they heard did not profit them not being mixed with faith. They re, they heard the word. Like people hearing the word now. Now you got to do something with it. You got to mix it with some faith or some belief. Well, even the demons believe yeah, and tremble. But they ain't going to do it. <laughs> they ain't going to do it. Right. So our job is to receive it and, and know it's the word from God and let it be planted in the good ground of our heart. We talked about last week how to get that word once it's planted. You got to cultivate it by meditating on it. And it'll grow up because it's seed. And then you're going to get a harvest as you go through patience. I think these these keys went in line. Meditation, now you got to use some patience. And it'll manifest, whatever it is, whatever in this word. And I always tell people this. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Once you get God's word on his will, you apply some faith to it. And, and you'll manifest it. Right. See, we're talking, like you said, last week, we're talking, or the last two weeks, we're talking about meditation, hearing the word of God, understanding the word of God. And now once we know it, then you do. You have to allow patience. You have to allow time because right. what, what did he say in Ecclesiastes? He makes all things beautiful in its time. And so now time has to take place and we have to exercise our patience in letting God work in us and in others. Now you got to realize in that time, or that meantime, or that process, that's what the devil likes to do most of his work. Oh, he, he likes to tell us all it'll never Right, right. Work. Yeah, it'll he's in, the devil's in the details, and he wants God to know. will never be able to do this. Right, right. He's going to affect your mind. He wants to attempt to affect your mind to influence you that this ain't going to work, and he's going to get you to look at the circumstances constantly. But our Bible tells us in Hebrews, run with endurance or patience. The, the race that was set before you, looking unto Jesus. Jesus represents the word. He said, so don't look at nothing else. Don't look at the circumstances. Look at the word of God constantly. Feed yourself with some more word as you're going through the process. You got to keep filling yourself up with the word. Because remember, we leak. We oh, leak, Richard. So, so, so you got to keep filling up. And we, I know that. I ride a bicycle. And right now, it's got a slow leak. 
And instead of me just going to fix and it. you're not the slow <laughs> leak, it's the tire. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but every day, you know what, Richard, instead of me fixing the, patching the hole or getting a new inner tube, you know what I do? I've been going next door to the uh, tire shop and, and filling it up with air. And the next day I go back out there, it's, it's out again. And that's how we are as Christians. If we don't keep filling up on the word of God, we're going to run empty. Well, you know, when we talked about meditation a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how you'll talk to somebody and they'll say, oh, I read the Bible once. I, I filled up once. Right. I filled my car up once. And I, now I remember everything in it. What, there's no way that you could. And even Christians, I read my Bible every once in a while. That's not enough. You, you have to be constantly. I read my Bible every day. I know you do, too. I believe every Christian should be reading the Word of God every day. I would prefer, and, and I think it would be good for most Christians if they did it first in the day. Even if you had to get up 50 minutes early, a half hour early, whatever amount of time you want to do, just get up that little bit early. Anybody can get up 50 minutes earlier than they're getting up now. And it won't be that onerous. Well, it won't be that burdensome. Just set it for 15 minutes sooner. And get the word of God into you every single day. Well, I believe the Lord can redeem the time. If you put him first in your day, I believe he'll... It won't be he, time wasted. Right, right. He done it in the past. He'll hold time still just for you because you decided to seek first the kingdom. And I was thinking about that as you were talking, how, you know, you buy a car, you're going to fill it up with gas more than one time. Oh, because, I filled up when I bought it. I've never filled up. Yeah, again. that's what I'm saying. You never filled up again. <laughs> well, well, if you want to keep it, moving, it's parked by the side of the road because it no, won't move. <laughs> yeah, if you want to keep moving forward in that vehicle, you're gonna have to put some more petrol in there. Right, and it's just and like what I an electric one. You have to plug it into something. And it's just like us. If we want to keep advancing in the kingdom, or advancing the kingdom, or moving forward, or having that abundant life, Christ say He gave us. We got to keep utilizing these keys and filling up. You know, and, adding these keys to our key. And wheel. that was like a revelation to me right there. You know, because if you have an electric car, you have to plug it into the power source. We need to be plugged into our power source every single day, and every that, single moment. That's the word of God, and that's what Jesus was talking about in John 15. We'd I like am the vine, you're the branch. Along without our power source. No, no, no. And you know what? Just yesterday after the broadcast, I was speaking to a young lady about uh, just the word of God and about Jesus. You know, spoke to a fig tree and it withered away. And the young lady's like. But previous to that, she was telling me how much she loved the Lord and all of this and all of that. And then about 30 minutes, 40 minutes later, I referenced the scripture in Mark about Jesus speaking to the fig tree. I was talking about the power of words and you can bless or curse with your words. And I was telling her the story about Jesus. And she said, I don't remember that in the Bible. But you was just telling me how much you love the Lord and all this. And I then I went into, well, the Bible tells us we should be students of the scripture. Study to show yourself approved. And I was just reminding her that as a sister in Christ, because I, I can tell she loved the Lord. But now, this is how God confirms things. Just as I was leaving out the house this morning, uh, Joyce Myers was confirming that. She said a lot of Christians love the Word, but they don't study the Word. But we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. We want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, 
P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.